All right, Nuggets fans, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And I am excited to chat with my producer on this podcast once again. He is Michael Ferrero. Uh, make sure to go give him a follow. What's your handle again on Twitter? It is mferrero23. And Ferrero 23, because 23 is the most important number in Michael's life. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the way to go. Like okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, We're so going to react. Michael Jordan. Don't, don't even, don't even oh, start. Oh, it's for Michael Jordan? Sure. I thought it was for LeBron James, the greatness oh, of LeBron. In, in reality, it was my college baseball number. Oh, okay. So that's that's pretty interesting. I uh, What was my what was my baseball number? I don't honestly, I don't even remember my high school baseball number because I think it changed a couple times, but... Um, my yeah, football number ended up being fifty-four. Fifty-four is not bad. Fifty-four for uh for right tackle, starting right tackle for Valor Christian High School. Don't hate me, fellas. Uh, <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this Friday evening. You could be anywhere, and you're and you're here to chat with us about uh, this Lakers Warriors game initially, and then we're gonna get into some Nuggets Lakers takes. We'll also do some other things. We're going to do a stock watch on where the Nuggets are at right now, just after two rounds of the playoffs. There's a lot to discuss, but uh, Michael and I, we, we've been talking. We always talk. We, we talk every single day, uh, pretty much like several hours of the day at this point. And we love to talk and we do this conversation offline a lot. But if you've seen Michael on the podcast before, you know that we have some pretty good discussions and, and we love to uh, just chat, and I, I think that this is generally pretty good content. So let's, uh, Michael, let's get into it. I think I yeah, think I'm going to apologize most... in advance. I'm just getting over. I'm the, on the back end of a cold here, so if my voice. Well, starts these guys to... are all used to me being yeah, in the cold season as well. So I'm coughing, hacking up a lung everywhere. Like it, it's it's just par for the course at this point, right? So I'm I'm not too terribly worried about it, but. Um, let's get into let's get into this game. Uh, you watch this game. I watch this game. Uh, not necessarily the most fun game to actually watch. And and if you're a Lakers fan, you got to be over the moon, right? Uh, about about where this game stood, about where things ultimately ended up. The Lakers win one twenty two to one hundred one over the Golden State Warriors to clinch that series. The Nuggets will face the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, where are you at? Where are you at with the after after watching that game? What what stood out to you initially? Uh, just and I mean you've seen plenty of these teams already this season, but what what stood out to you really? Uh, the the biggest takeaway I thought was, uh, I, I honestly it's hard to really evaluate this without saying first and foremost game six Clay, but the opposite. <laughs> I mean he was awful, like was horrible. And it was disappointing because regardless, and I still, we talked about this a little offline last night, I still wasn't sure exactly who I wanted to win this series and who I want the Nuggets to play. But I wanted there to be a Game 7 because I wanted these two teams to beat each other up a little bit more. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway is now that the Lakers are in, they'll have a little bit more time to rest. And and I think you mentioned it at one point. I don't know if it was on your podcast last night or if it was um, in a conversation with me. But this team is old. And so having those extra days is crucial for them. If they would have had to play Sunday and then roll into Tuesday, I think the Nuggets would have blown them out in game one. Now they get a little more time to rest. It's going to be interesting. The other thing I thought was interesting is 
yeah, LeBron was LeBron, um, but Anthony Davis was a monster tonight. I mean, he had 20, what, 21, 22 rebounds? What did he end with? What was his official number? His official line in this game was 17 points, 20 rebounds, three, three assists, two steals, two blocks. Right. Only took nine shots in this game, which that, that just shows the level of impact that you have to have if you're only taking nine shots and you affect the game the way that you do. He was a plus 31 in his 40 minutes. Really, really impressive night for him, obviously. Uh, but the chat has mentioned this too. Uh, 42 to 14 free throw advantage. That's uh, that, that's not easy. That's that's a really difficult number to try to overcome, right? And it's a legitimate concern. The Laker whistle all year has been absurd. They have shot hundreds of more free throws. Their free throw differential is, I mean, it's off the charts, way higher than every other team. And I think as a Nuggets fan, you have to be somewhat concerned about that because who knows how LeBron's going to get officiated. Anthony Davis will fall down on any shot attempt, and maybe he'll get the call depending on which crew's out there. The Laker whistle is real, and I'm not trying to make excuses beforehand. I think the Nuggets are the better, t- better team, although the Lakers have been playing well lately. The Lakers are a physical team, so they, they do go to the basket. They do get a lot of calls. A lot are warranted. But, man, that, it, just, it just worries me that this late in his career – you gotta fight the you gotta fight the refs, and you gotta fight LeBron. It's it's gonna be tough. And I, 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 say fight the, I say fight the refs yeah. as in I mean I, let's not let's not go out on a limb too far and say the refs are gonna be always against them. But you know LeBron just gets he's got he has his reputation. Oh, I don't flop. When he said that the other day, that was the that was the craziest thing I've ever. <laughs> I've never flopped in the twenty years I've been in the league. Really. I think Tyson Chandler is somewhere crying in the club, just having a <laughs> having watch LeBron actually say that. falling around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. But I mean, look, man, it, it is it is going to be a thing. I, I know that people are going to point to that, but also this is very similar to what I was talking about with the Suns. The Warriors are just small as hell. Like. Mm-hmm. The reason why the Lakers are getting the free throws that they are is because a lot of the time they're playing Draymond Green at center. They're playing Andrew Wiggins or Moses Moody at power forward, and they're playing three guards around those guys. And that's just a really tough place to be. And I think that Denver is better suited to not have so much of a a free throw disparity because there's going to be less space for the Lakers to operate in because there's less arms, there's less size that, that they actually have to deal with. So one of the great things that Jokic does in general is he's, he avoids fouls. And I, I think that as a two-time MVP, he hadn't won a, he hadn't won an MVP in the bubble. Like that's that was before his general breakout, where I think that there's a little bit more growth there. Uh there was a difference between the Lakers whistle that he got in that series versus the one that he's going to get this time. I feel extremely confident about that. And it it sucks. Like it's, it's going to, if it does pop up, then that's going to be, that's going to be tough. But I feel, I feel a lot more confident this time around that he will avoid those calls. The Nuggets are a better suited team. The Lakers are a worse team than they were in the bubble. And while it does feel like they're on a little bit of run of destiny here. The Nuggets are too. Like let's not let's not uh, change up the narrative. I would say at least that that much. But I mean, look, I think the Lakers were a better team than the Warriors by the end of it. I don't know if they were at the beginning of the playoffs, but they came together. They figured out a lot of stuff, and, and they've got a lot of guys. They've got a lot of players that you can rely upon. 
Well, and the other thing about the Lakers, too, is that, like you said, they're a completely different team than they were before the deadline. So it took a little time to gel. So now we're seeing who they really are. Uh, but these two teams couldn't have been any different. So if we were preparing to play the Warriors, I mean, spacing, 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 shot after shot after shot. Now, I think, I mean, it's got to be. And what do you think about this? I think Denver's defensive strategy is just wall up, protect the paint and make them beat you with outside shots. And I know they shot well tonight. They shot about 50 percent from three. But can the Lakers win a series against the Nuggets relying heavily on the three-point shot? I don't think that they can. Yeah, I think uh, the Lakers aren't going to be able to rely on their outside shooting. That's for sure. Like the, the Nuggets are a better defensive team than the Warriors. And I know that that's going to it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. But anybody that's actually watched these playoffs, watch what the Kings were able to do to the Warriors at various points. Watch what the Lakers were able to do to the Warriors at various points. I feel like the Nuggets are a better defensive team. Now, they have different weaknesses. There, there's no doubt about that, but they're not going to get out-rebounded to hell. Like that's, that's, not who the, that's not who the Nuggets are. They have a lot of big bodies. They've got a lot of tough players. And the Warriors are kind of soft, Like if we're being honest. That's, that's, that's where we are at with this with them. With as small as they're playing, they're a little bit soft. Now, Steph Curry's not soft, but by the end of the series, he was getting absolutely taken advantage of defensively. Now, could Jamal Murray be in that position? Maybe. I think that Jamal's an equivalent defender to Steph Curry. Steph gets a better rep, but he's not a better defender. Like, it's, he just benefits from Draymond Green. That's just how it is. Yeah, well, and with that, too, LeBron, I mean, not LeBron. Jamal's bigger than Steph is, too. I mean, he can handle the physicality. He's going to last longer in a series because, A, he's younger, and B's. I, I think that's part of what happened to the Warriors here, and they don't want to admit it, and you kind of mentioned me something about what Shams wrote right before we, we started this so that they think that they still have that core together. But I think they're starting to break down. I think age is a part of it. Now, LeBron, for some reason, just defies age. Um, yeah. But I think that's another key factor for the Nuggets in the series, too. They should have the youth on their side. And I don't yeah. know I don't know how Anthony Davis can't guard Nikola Jokic by himself. He's going to need some help. And so does that mean they go with, with Jared Vanderbilt at times? I mean, who else in that starting – in, in their first seven or eight in that rotation can really defend Jokic in the post. Well, that I'll, I'll save that for the weaknesses section. Let's talk about their strengths first. I, I think they deserve that just, just being in the being in this conference finals. Like we talked about their size. We talked about they have playable size in a way that a team like the Warriors does not. And the, the, the interior defense that they're going to put up against the Nuggets is, is a little bit better than than the Suns actually put up. Although the Suns, I was pretty impressed. When when you have DeAndre Ayton and Kevin Durant down there, that's two seven-footers that are that are protecting the rim and walling off the paint. So that's, like I think the Lakers will have some advantage there, a little bit better given that Anthony Davis is way better individually. But the other guys aren't like massive rim protectors. That's, that's not what I would describe them as. Uh, but they are bigger. They are in general bigger. Uh, I think that when it comes to their weak, uh, well, now let's, let's answer your question first. I'll, let's I'll go to the weaknesses here. They do have one guy to guard Jokic. The problem is that the Nuggets really only have one guy to guard Davis. And especially if you have LeBron out there as well, Aaron Gordon's going to probably guard LeBron a ton, which means, okay, are you putting Michael Porter Jr. on Davis? Probably not you're probably putting Jokic on Davis and you're keeping him around the rim. Davis isn't really a jump shooter right now. He might take some mid-range jumpers, kind of like DeAndre Ayton, if we're being honest. But 
He'll take them more prolifically. Davis is a little bit more aggressive trying to draw fouls, and Jokic will have to avoid that as much as he can. But I do think that that's a strength and a weakness for both of these teams, is that they've got one elite interior presence. And then beyond that, it's a lot of wild stuff. Like, are you going to go to DeAndre Jordan? Are you going to go to Thomas Bryant? On the other end, are they going to go to Wenyan Gabriel? They're probably going to play Rui Hashimura as their backup center. Like, LeBron will play some backup center. So that actually, I think, I think that fares pretty well for Denver's bench with as small as they generally play uh, with Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green. But I, it, it, the entire team has to be really connected there. You, you can't be outmatched size-wise. So there are, like there, are, there are benefits and detriments to both of these rosters. And, and I think that they really each have one seven-footer, obviously, that you can really trust. But the, the size on the combo forwards, like, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, LeBron, Hashimura, Jared Vanderbilt. Those are pretty even. They're, they're pretty even size-wise. So that, to me, I think kind of cancels each other out. Yeah, and let's be clear. There is nobody in the league that can actually defend Nikola Jokic. They just they have guys that can slow him down. Anthony Davis is probably the best post defender in the league right now, When you say? I mean, is that... I don't know. Jaron like, Jack- Jackson is more of a rim defender. I feel like Anthony Davis can do a little bit more. Yeah, I just I don't know how to grade post defense if I'm being honest. Just because like Jokic isn't really going to take AD into the post a ton. Like he he will he will do it a little bit, but he'll probably shoot over him a lot of the time. He'll probably not look to challenge him a ton right at the rim, and he doesn't have to. He's got a right. silky smooth jumper that it's been falling in this series, and there's no reason to go away from that, especially if it pulls Davis away from the rim. But you're right that. Teams that try to go right at him are generally impacted. But, I mean, how many times did Gobert actually block Jokic in the series in the first round? Maybe like twice? Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's an interesting question then, too. So if, if you play Jokic up at the elbow near the free throw line, free throw line extended, doesn't that open the door for cutters everywhere? Because you know he's just going to want to pick people apart. Is that Absolutely. something that you think that the Lakers would do is just say, all right, we're going to have Anthony Davis guard him this high up? I mean, that's going to open up the floor like crazy for the Nuggets. Well, so if you're the Lakers, who do you guard Michael Porter Jr. with? I think it's probably it's is it Michael is it uh, LeBron James or is it Jared Vanderbilt? Because I assume that they start Vanderbilt in this series. They probably go back to more size. They benched uh, they benched Vanderbilt and put in Schroeder against the Warriors. That's a super small team, and, and right. that's not really a surprise. But it's a little bit different against a team like the Nuggets. So I gotta imagine that. The Nuggets will probably like they'll probably try to run these backdoor actions with Gordon, with Porter. They'll probably have uh, Murray setting back screens and then cutting. Uh, KCP will do his thing, and he's he's going to be a big deal in this series yeah. for sure. Uh, but I gotta imagine that like, and maybe maybe it is Hashimura who Patrick Mann says right here, but uh, Abel Feltz says uh, or Feltis, excuse me, says Vando will cover MPJ. I, I, I do. I think so. I think they're going to try to because, I mean, maybe they won't, but I think they would want to hide LeBron and not hide. There's no disrespect to Aaron Gordon's offensive game, but I think that's where they're going to see if we can get LeBron some rest, let's put him on the guy that's utilized fourth or fifth in the starting rotation rather than someone who, you know, if, if they put him on Mike, you know, Mike could go for, we saw what he did in, what was that, game three or game four? I'm sorry. Game five. Game five. First game quarter five. of game five. Yeah. Yeah. Where he just went crazy. 
if he's out there wearing LeBron out like that in the first quarter of a game and he gets hot, I mean, that just spells doom for the Lakers immediately. So and I think I just that. Be- like, like if they if they flip those matchups too, like there, there's no doubt that Aaron Gordon's going to try to be physical against LeBron. And LeBron Absolutely. is extremely strong. There's no doubt about that. But if you make LeBron James work, then he probably wears down over the course of a series like this. How much did he have to do physically against the Warriors? Like probably not a ton a because lot. they're not a physical team. Yeah. You've got to chase them around, and, and and he's smart enough to know when he has to do certain things. But I think there's a there's a difference between being worn down by the physical size of a guy like Aaron Gordon versus, I don't know, having to chase around various guards that like, okay, if Jordan Poole shoots, okay. If Dante DiVincenzo shoots, okay. If Moses Moody shoots, okay. Like sometimes they'll have to switch on to Steph and then he'll try there. But most of the time, I, I can't imagine that like LeBron is he's 38 years old. Like I I don't want to doubt him because he's unbelievable and deserves to get all of the credit in the world for where he's at right now. But you also know that that's a potential option for Denver is to try to do what they did with Kevin Durant and and be very physical with them throughout the series. And I think it paid off against a guy like KD. Well, I think the Nuggets are a lot different, too, than the Warriors. And no disrespect to them because they're the reigning champs for a reason. They won four out of the last eight, whatever. But when Clay's not hitting shots, I mean, who do you really have to worry about offensively for the Warriors? There's one guy. Yeah. It's not like the Nuggets where Jokic can give you 40, 50 like he did the other night. Jamal can give you 30 to 40. MPJ can give you 30. I mean, KCP had 21 in the first half the other night. This team is just so much deeper than the Warriors roster. So I think that provides a lot more... I want to say struggles, but the Lakers are in a lot more of a difficult situation trying to defend just the starting five of the Nuggets. And then, I mean, that's not even covering Bruce Brown off the bench. I just think there's a lot more where I think that's also the other big thing, too, is the ball movement. Yeah, Curry runs off of every screen, but I think the ball movement going in and out of Jokic's hands, him finding cutters, um, a lot of dribble handoff, a lot of screen and roll. I just think that that the defensive style that they just played against the Warriors Obviously, he's going to have to change because it's a different team. But I don't know if they're suited to keep up with the Nuggets in a seven-game series because of that. And maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe they I'm might not be. Nugget-colored glasses. But I, I just mean, think the Nuggets' offense is moving and it operates so much more efficiently. If if Steph Curry brings the ball up the floor and his shot is off, it, the Warriors' offense is kind of stagnant. No, for sure. And, and one thing I because they continue to work for those outside threes a lot of the time. And if if the, if the Lakers are just standing on the perimeter and, and raising their arms, then what's the worst thing that they do? They have to drive into Anthony Davis. With the Nuggets, it's a little bit different because Davis is going to be tied to Jokic for the entire time. So I, it's going to be a little bit different. He's not going to be as helpful as a rim protector as he was in a series where he's defending Kevon Looney or Draymond Green, guys that he doesn't have to respect uh, sometimes he was guarding Gary Payton, and sometimes he's guarding like other non-threats as a shooter. So there, it's a little bit different in that regard. But I do want to go back to their strengths. Like I, I think that it's important to at least acknowledge these. The Lakers are a deep team. They are a team that has a lot of different configurations, a lot of different options that they can go to. Uh, they, we saw them change their starting lineup to great effect tonight. Uh, outside of Dennis Schroeder ejecting himself because Draymond Green decided to put the ball in his face. Like, that was funny. Um, (laughs) And it's just really worth a double technical right there. Come on. Yeah, no, that that absolutely should have happened. And honestly, like, I would have been okay with just a Draymond technical. But 
Uh, he, he gets away with so much shit. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But um, I do think that the optionality that the Lakers have is going to be a little bit different than a team like the Suns, where they had to go, they had different guys that they could go to, but you didn't really trust any of them. With the Lakers, they've had guys that have stepped up all throughout this playoff run. Austin Reeves is really good. Rui Hachimura has stepped up. Dennis Schroeder has stepped up. Jared Vanderbilt, he may spend time covering Jamal. He, he may spend time as, as a guy with size, kind of like how he was guarding Kevin Durant. And, and he, or not Kevin Durant, John Morant, excuse me. Uh, and he guarded Steph Curry at the beginning of this series. So there's, there's no doubt that they're going to try that. Whether they can manage, that remains to be seen. But that's, that's going to be something to monitor for sure. Uh, you've got Rui, as we mentioned. You've got uh, Reeves, as I mentioned. There's just there's a lot of other options that they can go to. Who did who have I not mentioned on that team that you're like D'Angelo okay, Russell? Oh, D'Angelo Russell and Lonnie Walker, who was the the hero of I, I think Game Four. So like, there's just a lot of guys that that they can go to, right? Yeah, and you have to credit this. I mean, there's something to be said about guys staying ready, like Lonnie Walker. I mean, he was on the bench. He was in part of the rotation for how long? And he came in and he was crucial. I mean, he won them a game. Um, and look how balanced they're scoring. That's I think. They did a really good job reconstructing their roster at the deadline. And I also think that they've had a lot of opportunities where they've showed they've had depth because they had, was it six, six different leading scores in all six games against Memphis? It was either six out of six or five out of six. And so now instead of saying, all right, well, we're just going to shut down, you know, with, with the Suns, it's don't let Booker get his. Or if you do, you got to limit one or the other. Those are yeah. the only two options I could score. Well, now you've got six guys that have proven, hey, we can get a bucket when we need to. So I think. That puts Denver's defense in obviously a lot more trouble than they were against the Suns, but now you have to have all five guys defending together at the same time. And a lot of that, I think the Lakers' strength of being able to play through multiple different guys is something that the Nuggets' coaching staff will obviously be ready for. Um, but I, I think it just makes a big difference when you have to worry about five guys on the floor rather than two. And obviously, the main two are still always going to be LeBron and AD. But Schroeder's a great vet in this league. I mean, he can get his whenever he wants to, too. And he's, we didn't, like you said, we, we didn't mention D'Angelo Russell twice now. That's a guy, that is the only guy to me from the perimeter for them that if he gets hot, you got to worry about. I don't know, man. Austin Reeves shot four or five tonight. Yeah, like, Austin Reeves, too. I, I think that but Austin Reeves is the guy that I'm, like, he's the guy I'm worried more about than D'Angelo Russell. Because if Russell's taking a bunch of shots, then I'm okay with that. It's either way, like Jamal is going to have to work on the perimeter. KCP, I'm not sure where he's going to be in this series in terms of who he's defending. But if I'm Bruce Brown, it's tough. Like I, I want him defending D'Angelo Russell. I do not want him defending Reeves. I would rather have somebody who defends without fouling to defend Reeves. And, and I think that Bruce can be a little bit liable there. Maybe it's Christian Brown. Like Christian Brown might be a good option against Reeves at various points just to uh, do what he can, shadow, uh, not go for any pump fakes or anything like that. He's actually pretty good at that, even even as a rookie. Yeah. So that's a that's a tough thing for sure. Um, one final question here before we hit a break. Do you think Nuggets fans should be happy, sad, or indifferent about facing the Lakers over the Warriors? That is a tough question because I've been trying to figure out what the answer my answer to this question was I I think you have to say happy mm. and that's not like saying oh we're, we're get to play the worst it's it's a chance to 
avenge everything that Nug Life is, is how many times have the Nuggets lost to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals? Four. four. They have never gotten to an NBA Finals, and four out of the five times, they have lost to the Lakers. And we just saw it in the bubble. We saw it in the 80s when, when Alex English got hurt. We saw it with Kobe in 09 when Anthony Carter threw the inbound pass away. Like, this is the team you want to go through if you're a Nuggets fan because of the history. Take yeah. the rosters aside. If the Nuggets can go through Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, two seven-footers in the first round, then you knock off Devin Booker's historic shooting performance and Kevin Durant, then you can get through LeBron and AD. I mean, that is a crazy historic run to get to the finals. And honestly, man, I, 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 know, I know the top of the East was better throughout the regular season. I get that. Now you're going to have to face the Heat in the, in the West, NBA Finals. <laughs> gauntlet. I think the teams in the West are better than the teams in the East. Oh, absolutely. Every freaking team in the East is a fraud, like, if we're being honest. Like, what, what was that game six that we watched between the Sixers and Celtics? What was that? That was unbelievable. How do you lose at home to a team whose superstar is one for 14 going into the fourth quarter? That's absurd. It's unbelievable. Like, I, you... You, it is a fraud off over there. There's no doubt in my mind. But it's Doc Rivers' curse, man. <laughs> Doc dude Rivers, just, dude, just cannot win an elimination game. So freaking funny. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, I keep thinking back, and, and I'm going to give our guys over at DNVR a shout out. They do this thing every year, a tarot reading with Ariana Lenarski, uh, who is a a certified witch, like actual witch, and she does she reads tarot. And the one thing she said about Nuggets fans basically amounted to that uh, to that Rise of Skywalker quote, it's time to let the past die. And that to me, that feels good. That, that felt good. That was at the beginning of the season, just talking about like, hey, this, we got to let it go. Like, got to let it go, Nuggets fans. There is no reason to... Like, there's no reason to hold on to this. And the perfect, the perfect cathartic moment would be to defeat the Lakers after all of the history that you named, after seeing what happened in the bubble when Denver got as close as they did in this era, being able to kind of rectify that wrong after Jamal gets hurt prior to the next year's playoffs, it would feel really, really good. And, and while it, it, it felt great against the Suns and I, took a, a couple of victory laps, I'm not going to lie, it would feel even better against the Lakers to defeat all of that, his, that history. The Nuggets fans have just, they have had 50 years of pent-up rage at this franchise. Like, that's just who it is. That's who the demon is. And you got to beat the big bad wolf in order to uh, to get to the other side or if something like that. Yeah, and everything that I've seen about this is, oh, it's just going to be a repeat of 2020. The Lakers roster is completely different. There are two guys left. So <laughs> everything is and, and the Nuggets roster, I think, is much better now than they were in the bubble. And then the Nuggets bubble roster was was solid. But I think it's just I think this team is a little bit deeper. I think KCP is an upgrade over Will Barton. I think Michael Porter is a lot further into his career. Um and, and I think as much as I love Gary Harris, he's my all time favorite nugget. The dude was just hurt. And he wasn't himself. And so you're going out a team with someone that you counted on not at full strength. And I think one thing that's been really good to see is that the guys they've brought in to compliment Jokic have picked up the pieces where the team has seen success in the past. Gary Harris was famous for cutting from the baseline, um, making layups, hitting open threes. 
I think KCP has done a great job of that. I think Bruce Brown has done a great job of that. And I know he doesn't shoot often, but I think in the right moments, Christian Brown has been pretty good at that as well. And then you add on top to, I mean, Jamal Murray was amazing in the bubble, but he's proved he's not just bubble Murray. He's playoff Murray. This is who he is. And Michael Porter's game has evolved so much more. And that's not even counting what Aaron Gordon does as well. And so I think, like you said, getting past that demon, that team doesn't even exist anymore. So I don't think this team even goes into it and says, ah, this is the team we lost to three years ago in the bubble in the Western Conference Finals. It's a totally different roster. It is totally different. And I think uh, it's it's the same thing that the Nuggets brought up about the Suns uh, like before that series. There wasn't bad blood. It happened two years ago. The rosters were different. I think this is a little bit like even more different than, than what that previous iteration was a couple of years ago because you had Porter then. But like you didn't have Gordon in the bubble. LeBron was one of the guys that you got Gordon for. Like this is this is a good matchup. This is who the Nuggets should be. And and I think that uh Denver should be the favorite in this one. They should be happy that this is the matchup, despite the fact that it'll be tough and despite the fact that things will probably not go their way the entire time, just like it did in this last round. But I do think the Nuggets fans should be pretty happy about where this stands. Like if you're going to go through anybody. It's got to be this team. Like it just has to be. So, tell you what, uh, you got any last points before we had a break? I was going to agree with you. All good. All good. Tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, a stock watch, I think, of where the Nuggets stand, everybody, just after these last two rounds. But first, as you know, everybody, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Baseball is back. Push for postseason is on in hockey and in hoops. We have two teams now that have stamped their ticket to the conference finals. East, they're they're lagging behind. Although, actually, no, we've got three teams because Miami stamped their ticket tonight, too. So good for them. Make it all count this spring with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the best wagering sports that uh best wagering app around, excuse me, with a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, make sure to get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here, joined by my ace producer, Michael Ferrero. Uh, he's wearing the print T-shirt in with the white background and the white T-shirt. I love it. We got it. We got to get you a setup. We we. Blurred, I know. I've got an office with stuff behind it, but for some reason, that's the one room in my house where my internet just goes. It doesn't work in there. So, unfortunately, I I'm think that, this awesome blurred back wall behind me. I think that they're going to try to do a new office setup for the mile high sports office so if that's the case uh, i would like to uh, take up residence there at, at, in the evening sometimes just because it, it makes a lot of sense it to, to record like the show right around this yeah right around the start of uh, of next year's regular season that'd be dope that would be dope although it would be really funny to just be doing a solo podcast at a studio with one person being my producer and just me being the the studio host and the, the color commentary. So we'll share. Yeah. You'd yeah. I, I should do that. It's like, we should, we should actually film it like that where we film, uh, do the overlay where 
I'm in one chair and then I'm also in the other chair at the same time and then just record it twice. That would be so funny. Uh, but look, either way, let's have a great time with this. Uh, I left this in just because I wanted to know, hey, do you have any hangover takes from this series? Stuff that we didn't, that we weren't able to get off our chest on, on last night's show. If you're looking for uh, the euphoric reaction to the podcast, uh, I, I, I tried to give it justice on last night's show. But hangover takes, we've got 24 hours to process. Where are you at with Nuggets Sons? It's just amazing that Nikola Jokic is just so much better than he ever got credit for. And now everyone's coming back out. There was twice or three times today where I saw someone say, Nikola Jokic has finally entered superstar. What have you been watching? The guy is a two-time MVP, should be three. He has been dominant since he got his first MVP. And that's not to say there's not other superstars. Don't get me wrong. I'm not mad that Joel Embiid was in the conversation for MVP. I thought Jokic was better, and Embiid had a great year. That doesn't mean they both can't be superstars. Um, but my one hangover take, the biggest one, is that the Nuggets still aren't respected. Um, I was driving somewhere today, and I was listening to NBA radio on uh, on Sirius. And, and Legler sorry. was... Sorry, what? I said I'm sorry. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I like Tim Legler. I think no, Tim Legler's great. I, 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 I kid. Right, and he was, I mean, he was the guest, and I can't remember the guy's name who hosted the show. Um, and his big take for today was, there are no great teams remaining in the NBA playoffs. Denver is good, there are no great teams. And I just thought, what is this team other than, well, it, the answer is right there. They have to win a championship. And I love that they're still not getting the respect that they deserve. I love that the people outside of Denver still don't consider them that. Because Jamal said it last night. I don't know if you caught his interview with uh, with Scott Van Pelt after the game. And Scott's Scott's the best. Yeah. One of the best national media members there is in sports. Um, but he said something to him. He's like, you guys have been discredited and people have been saying, you know, this team's not great. I mean, people had them losing in the first round. And Jamal's answer was, we go into every game thinking we're going to win and we don't care what you guys think. And that's perfect. That's exactly who I like this team to be. So I love that they're still the underdog. But I think that's got to be the main take is, Nikola Jokic is the best basketball player in the world, and the Nuggets are great whether people think they are or not. Jamal Murray is the right kind of asshole to have around this team. Like he's he's got just enough of that gritty, uh, annoyed nature where he, he's honestly like it's unfathomable to him to like count this team out because the last time they were in this situation, they got to the Western Conference Finals and. They weren't, they weren't a good team. At that, not, not a good team. They weren't a great team at that point. I think they are a great team now that displayed bad tendencies during the regular season, and it kind of masked what they were. Uh, but they're, they're a team that knew that they didn't have to try in March and April in order to actually like be the best version of themselves in May. And, and that's I think that's borne out. Like we're, we're sitting here on May 12th talking about how great this team is how great they've shown up even against some elite competition. And it's really cool. It's really cool to see uh, them, them evolve in that way. And I know a lot of people pick the Suns, like a, a lot of people <laughs> pick the Suns. They did not think that Denver could hold up. And the fact that they held up and then some against that team probably doesn't get enough credit. So the best, the best thing about what you just said there is when they pulled and ESPN's NBA analysts really don't ever make a whole lot of sense but anyway 17 people pulled 13 of them picked the suns 
and 10 of them picked Suns in six. Yikes. And last night before the game, who's in studio? Stephen A. Smith and uh, was it Jalen? Yeah, it was both of those guys. Yeah, they they did their quick prediction. <laughs> and Stephen A. goes, Suns, I'm praying. Why? Praying. We want the narrative. It's okay. Praying. We're wrong. It's okay. Oh, my God. Please. We need Kevin Durant versus LeBron again. Like, like why? Why do you need it? You don't. Let the past die. And I think I'm with I think, I, that's actually a great that's a great mantra to live by. No, I think you're exactly right about Jamal, though. He is the perfect attitude for this to have because he knows like he is a team guy, but he's going to get his too. And he's gritty. And so I think he plays off of Jokic being, you know, he, Jokic doesn't say anything. Jokic is just a killer. Jamal's got that that dog in him. And I think those two pair together so well. And I think that's exactly what a championship contender needs. Well, then let's do some stock watch, I guess. Let's let's talk about stock watch for some individual nuggets. And we can take this in any direction that we want to go. We could start with or we, we could go local or national, depending on how you feel. But let's start with the easy one with Nikola Jokic. Stock up, stock down, stock the same. Well, <laughs> I don't know how much like I don't want to say the same because that sounds like I don't think he's been very good. But is there anything better than being the best? <laughs> Let's just talk all the way up. Dude is just unbelievable. Oh, but man. what can't he do? The, the narrative was, well, the Suns are going to put him in a million pick and rolls. Well, that didn't really work. Can't jump over a curb. Hmm, he scored <laughs> plus in the game. Guess that's really not. Let's see. What else? Is he re- <laughs> he rebounds pretty well. Is he pass the ball? Yeah, he's probably the best passer in the league. Like, yeah. what, what does the dude do? Block shots? Great. You found the one hole in his game. There you <laughs> yeah. go. You found it. too. You found it, man. Good for you. Um, yeah, stock all the way up. But that means it's even for me because his stock already was all the way up. Yeah. I think I think stock up for me too. Just it, it's hard not to have stock up. This should be universal. And and I think that this is his moment. This is the moment where the Nuggets assume they're right to the NBA crown. And Jokic is going to be the guy that if they are going to do that, it will be because Jokic surmounted the odds against Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And like, it's going to be hard. Like, like just like it was hard against Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. And he may not be super efficient in that series either, but I think that Denver is going to be okay. And like, they, they, they're going to be fine. And I think that with Jokic, he's going to have his moments where he may not look perfect. And then he's going to have his moments where he looks like LeBron in his prime. And not like a, a slow, big-ass LeBron who doesn't move that well, who can see the game in, in similar ways, maybe even better ways than LeBron did in his prime, and just making up for everything and, and making everybody else better around him. It's, it's, uh, it's a great thing. It's a great thing, man. That's the thing to me is he gets knocked for his athleticism all the time. If you're that dominant and supposedly that unathletic, doesn't that make you even better? Like you're playing at a a physical disadvantage if that's where people are going to go with this and nobody can stop him. Like that makes him all that much better to me. Because there's, I mean, the narrative is you can go to the wreck and find a guy more athletic than Jokic just playing pickup. So if that's true, if, if Jokic isn't as athletic as a guy playing at the wreck down the street and he's still the best player in the world, that makes his skill set three times as good. No, it's funny. I'm I'm reading this comment from uh from Bird Z nine two five. Uh, he's a Lakers fan. Um, actually, what that's that's the wrong one. I'm a Lakers fan. Good luck. We get a lot of free throws. Sorry. 
love the honesty. You know what? If it works, why go away from it? That's amazing. That's uh, shout, shout out to you, man. That's uh, that's probably the best way to be a Lakers fan is just to say sorry. Like that's just that's just how it is, and uh, everybody's got to deal with it. Everybody's got to figure it out. But uh, credit credit to uh, credit to you where credit is due. Um, let's go now to Jamal Murray uh, stock watch for Jamal, who I think was up and down in this series. So I'm curious to to hear what you what you say about Jamal. I'm gonna say stock up because I think he knows he has to be better Mm -hmm. in order to get them to the finals. And to be better, that means he's got to do better than averaging around 24. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. What did he average for the series against the Suns? Uh, For the series, it was about like 24. I I think that that sounds about right. He's got to be better than 24. That's pretty good. Like your second best player is averaging 24 five and four maybe six and five somewhere in that range yeah and last night obviously he wasn't feeling well he's got the same bug that's going around everywhere it sounds like the same or similar to what i have right now too just that weird like fever sore throat kind of congested thing i I would say neutral um but i'm gonna go a little bit up just because he wasn't at his best he rolled an ankle i don't know how much that played a factor into things um, but he was still hitting tough shot after tough shot. And I think the biggest thing for me is he struggled with his three-point shot. But late last night, he started to hit a few. I think he's getting in rhythm. I think he's going up this way. He's kind of figured out – he's kind of getting – hopefully getting back in rhythm for three. And so if he can do that and he's already averaging 24-25 without being able to do that, I think the stock is up. So it's funny. I'm, I'm going to do the math here. 32, 55. 50, uh, 61. He was a plus 61 in the series in six games. So averaged about a plus 10 in the plus minus. Yeah, that's pretty good. 24.8 points, 6.5 assists, 4.8 rebounds, 1.5 steals, only 2.2 turnovers, which is pretty good on 45, 36, 92 splits. So average shooting numbers uh, from a, a field goal and three point perspective, but elite free throw shooting. And, and honestly, like those numbers are. Those are really good. Like that, I was I was surprised uh, seeing those numbers, given that he had a dud in there, just like ten points. And yeah, his numbers in that game were ten points, eight rebounds, four assists, and and he just does a lot of great things for this team, and, and really riffs off of what Jokic does really well. So uh, has to have a lot of credit for for sure for this. I, I'm, I'm going to say even on his stock, but I do think that he deserves a ton of credit. And if he puts up those numbers in the Western Conference Finals, I, I feel pretty good about Denver making the finals. Yeah. We will see. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., let's go rapid fire through these here. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., stock up, stock down, stock even. Uh, I'm going to say stock even. He needs to be better. Actually, you know what? From the first series, I'm going to say stock down, but I think he bounces back. I don't think he was who he needed to be. But the Nuggets, obviously, I don't want to say obviously. He was great in game five. He helped. I mean, I think he really spurred that win. Um, he was up and down. His, de- his defense, finally, after we talked about how lackluster it was for a while, all of a sudden he picked it up and he was playing on that end of the floor. So his stock down offensively, stock up defensively, I think that evens out. And I think he'll be much better. How hilarious is that? Like, <laughs> I know, right? Stock down offensively, stock up defensively for Michael Porter Jr. That's a, that's like, that's like he a blue moon. He can play defense. <laughs> it's amazing. I uh, 
I think I probably agree with you. I'd probably say a little stock down because there were some defensive sequences that he had, and especially in this last game that got him benched. That like, look, the, the offense was what it was, but the defense actually got him benched and they decided to play Bruce Brown in one of those games. Uh, they also, was it against, was it against the Wolves? Which was the first game that he got benched down the stretch and they actually benefit? Oh, you know what it was? It was game two of this of this last series where uh, in the building for that, Bruce Brown was unbelievable. Yeah. He had that clo- that uh, contesting block on Kevin Durant on a jumper. So, and, and Michael Porter Jr. wasn't out there for that one and, and probably didn't deserve to be out there anyway. So, I'm going to say stock down uh, just because I think that he can play better. But this is another matchup where Michael Porter Jr. has got to be great in this one. Like, it, it can't just be Jokic and Murray. He has advantages in this one, and, and the Lakers will try to take advantage of his weaknesses. So he's got to be the biggest X factor for this team, don't you think? I mean, if he's hot, this team's unstoppable. He's that good. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And he's capable of going 50% from three for the series. And if he does, then it's probably a wrap. Like that's that Denver has a lot of avenues where they can win this series. It doesn't always have to be Jokic and Murray. It could be Aaron Gordon shutting down LeBron in a game. It could be uh, I don't know. It could be Michael Porter going six of ten from three in a game. It could be like because that's happened, and, and it, it will probably continue to happen throughout these playoffs because those guys are really talented players. But I do think that Michael Porter has to step up in this in this series. Uh, he was less reliable in the bubble in this particular moment, and now he's got to be more reliable, and he is. He, he frankly is. So we will see what it looks like, but against a Lakers team where you have to have size to match up with LeBron and AD going small with Bruce Brown may not be the thing that they decide to do. It might be playing Michael Porter Jr. at the three more. So we will see about that. Let's go to Aaron Gordon. Now stock up, stock down, stock even up, 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 up. Yeah. Defensively. He was brilliant. I know Katie's numbers are going to look a little inflated because he was at the free throw line and he hit a bunch of jumpers when they were down 30. That didn't matter. But, man, in a closeout game, he had KD starting one for ten from the field. He was – Durant was bothered. I've never seen KD so uncomfortable before. He couldn't get to spots. Everything was contested. He defended incredibly well without fouling for the most part. He was in foul trouble a few times here and there. But game six, I thought Aaron Gordon's defense was fantastic. And that's exactly why I think he was brought here. I'm reading this comment here from Nelson Reed. I can't believe at one point the Nuggets tried to make Kenneth Fareed the franchise player. Look how far we come. It's, uh, it's true. It's true. I remember that season uh, very fondly. That was the 2014-2015 season. Or maybe it was 2013-14. Uh, it, was, it was one of those two. Coming back from his knee thing. Kenneth yeah. Reed. Ty Lawson in and out of the lineup at points. Oof. Wilson Chandler. Yeah. I did like Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler was... Wilson Chandler was the jack of all trades, like approximate of everything, like just just solid across the board. <laughs> that's uh, that's just really funny, man. Shout out to Manimal though. He's uh, I know he's still hanging out, but Aaron Gordon is the evolved form of the Manimal, and I think that 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 probably has helped Denver extensively because one thing about Fareed was he just couldn't play defense at all. So it's all good. Uh, let's uh, Aaron Gordon, yeah, stock up for Aaron Gordon, of course, like. There, there's not a lot to say about AG other than fantastic job on Kevin Durant, fantastic job on Devin Booker when he got switched onto him. Now you've got to defend LeBron and AD. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to be tough. In a weird way, it's going to be easier. And I, that's not a discredit to the 
LeBron and AD are incredible offensive talents, but KD seven foot can shoot from anywhere, can pull up over you, can get to the rim. Devin Booker was on, he was historic for the first four and a half games. No one else. I I am not afraid to go out on a limb and say no one will ever shoot that efficiently through four and a half playoff games again. Austin Reeves is about to kick your ass. No way. There is no way Austin Reeves goes 32 for 40 in a two game series. There is no way. And I like Austin Reeves, but there is no way. Great things happen to the Lakers franchise, man. Like it just, it just kind of has it. But like I, like I said, like I'm gonna keep saying, it. I have to keep saying this. Let the past die. Like that's, that's where, that's where Denver's got to live. So let's go to AG or no, let's go to KCP. Excuse me. We got our KC spree at the beginning of uh, of last game. Shout out to the KC spree fan club. Uh, Seventeen points to basically ice game six in that first quarter. Uh, and then finished the game with 21 and, and had all 21 in the first half. Got to be up for KCP too, right? Absolutely. And I don't know if that's just a recency bias thing, but the other thing he did well is he was attacking the rim. He wasn't just camped out on the perimeter. And I kind of liked what he said. I think I think Vic Lombardi asked him in the locker room. Yeah, I know exactly what you're going to say. It was after game four. It's like it was a little bit, well, yes, after game four when he said they were going to win the series. Uh, but no, last night um, you mentioned – He's like, you know, I'm getting a little tired of people putting their weakest defender on me. I can play. And I was like, mm. you know what? I, that's the, if your fifth, technically fifth offensive option in your starting group has that mentality and he's giving you 17 in the first quarter, man, I don't, I don't know how you stop them. And the thing is, you don't have to get it all the time. Like, you just got to get it every now and then. You got to get it for one game. You got to get the, the KCP game, which I, it, it won't be known as the KCP game. I, I don't think that game six will be known like that. It will just be, the Denver Nuggets pantsed the Phoenix Suns and forced them to trade multiple like multiple star players, Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton among them. Uh, but I do think that KCP deserves so much credit. Of course, like how how can you not? You just gotta just gotta take that as, as it comes. And I think that he he deserves a ton of credit. He was getting cooked uh, in in games three and four against Kevin or against Devin Booker. But who wasn't? If if we're being honest, who wasn't in that situation? I was getting cooked and I wasn't even playing. So like it's tough sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that sub Booker gave you a few buckets in those games. Oh, man, he gave me more than that. It was my goodness. <laughs> uh, the other kind of thing about KCP and Aaron Gordon, though, is the intangibles, the leadership they bring. Contavious uh, been on a championship team. Um, just, just keeping the locker room afloat. I think that's so valuable to have a guy like that who's been in that situation that's not selfish. Has the confidence to go out and do what he did, but not demand the ball. Also, uh, J.K. Walrus brings up a good point here. Uh, low key, KCP kind of won them a couple games with the shooting. I forgot that game two. Like, remember the the back to back threes that he hit in game two, fourth quarter. Was, yeah, it was a big deal. I think Denver was down seventy to sixty seven or something. Or no, it was a uh, seventy seventy. And then he hits back to back threes and it puts them up. And that was just such a big deal to be in that position. So, I, I mean, shout out to KCP. He just does everything that you need him to do. Won't do it all the time because he's not a star, but like you don't need role players and, and veterans to step up in all of the moments. That's what you have Jokic for. That's what you have Murray for and Porter and guys like these. You need KCP for those brief times. And as a championship caliber guy, he, he knows when to step up. And then he picked the spot beautifully. Not going to lie. Oh, man. Let's now go to Bruce Brown. I'm not going to do 
Christian Brown and Jeff Green, I think that those guys are like they're on the fringes of the rotation. I, I think everybody thinks, yeah, Christian Brown is stuck pretty even. Jeff Green stuck pretty down, uh, just just based off of what we've seen over the course of this last series, and and maybe that'll change in in a different uh, in a different environment. I, I hope that Christian Brown gets his moments. I hope that Jeff Green bounces back, maybe dunks this time. Uh, but Bruce Brown, I mean. <laughs> That dude, that dude's stock is going up as high as the price can tag we, is going up on his next contract. Can we say stock down here and see if we could just influence? <laughs> hey man, this guy can't play. He'll come back. No one's going to offer him anything. Nah. That contract's going to stay. He'll opt in that player. Man, he's been, yeah, stock way up. Stock way up. Everything. Anto's got us. Stock way up. For, absolutely right. I mean, well, it's just unbelievable to see what he's doing, right? What what does I was just about to ask you what that's the same thing with Jokic he's not a seven footer not scoring fifty a night whatever but what doesn't Bruce Brown do well uh, he's kind of like Wilson Chandler in that like he does everything well and then he's a ball handler and and I think the one thing that's really helped this team uh, this Nuggets team especially is that when Jamal is a little bit uh, hampered or not as like up to the task physically to get to the rim Bruce Brown will get to the rim on the offensive end. And he does a great job of getting to the shoulder of the guy that's guarding him, going around that shoulder and sometimes going through it and drawing contact and, and getting to the free throw line. And he's done a great job uh, both at the free throw line with his efficiency, but also shooting a great percentage on layups and floaters around the basket, which I wasn't expecting, frankly, I did. I knew that like when you get all the way to the basket, he really benefits from that, but I didn't expect him to get to the basket as often as he is. I, I saw a stat come through that he's, he's getting to the basket more than he was in the regular season, which is very rare for the playoffs. And maybe it's, I don't know, again, it could be a recency bias thing, but it seemed like he was much more of a, there was like a, there's more of a concerted effort to have him cut and Jokic found him a ton the last two games. And he finished, like you said, he finished around the rim. Well, it finished in traffic, a couple up and unders, um, a couple straight line drives downhill too that he already had the ball in. But I think he cut more than he had in the regular season. And may, maybe not a ton more, but I think maybe it's because it was in key moments or it was when he was with the starters. There was a couple times where it was still Mike, or he was in for Mike. So the other four starters and, and Bruce. And they went to him, and there was a couple times where he cut, I don't know if he came off the dribble handoff, um, or if he was just a straight cutter from the left wing right through the middle and Jokic found him. And they they went to it two or three possessions almost in a row. It's the vertical cutting that I really like. It's it's something that it's very difficult for the defense to guard. And it's something actually that Denver hasn't done a ton of uh, as much as they did back in like 2017 when uh, when the Nuggets were were first getting into action. The vertical cuts where you had four spacers around Jokic was just so so difficult to guard, but uh, it's it's a play that they run for Gary Harris. It's a play that they ran for Chandler and Gallo. And now you're seeing the next iteration of it. And a guy like Bruce, who's so athletic, even if he is small, like he can get up there, he can dunk, he can go over the traffic and, and has really shown that. Absolutely. So I love it. I think that Bruce has been, I think he's been an unsung hero for this team. Now you could say that about a lot of guys and it's kind of overused obviously, but I do think that he's an un unsung hero. Hopefully he's enough unsung that they can actually keep him. That would be super cool. But I just, I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. <laughs> Never know. Maybe he loves it here. Maybe he likes his role. Maybe he likes to win. He likes to win. He likes wearing cowboy hats and not being denigrated for it. Like there, there's a lot. There's a lot that I think he can do. And so 
we'll we'll just have to see where it goes. Last one here, though. Michael Malone. Michael Malone is, has been a, as much a part of this series and as much a part of this playoffs and this culture as anybody. Where's he at for you? Where's on the stock watch, up, down, or even? He was, I'm going to say even because he was way up at the beginning of the series. I gave him a mm. ton of credit, ton of credit, because I've been skeptical in the past, and I've, I've admitted it, and I thought he was great the first few games. Um, games three and four, eh, there's not really anything a coach is going to be able to do when a guy is that hot. I mean, Booker was shooting... He's hitting from three. He was getting to his spots in the mid-range. He was going to the basket. Um, they tried to double. They had to do something different. Game four, a little bit too much doubling. I didn't like that. The only gripe I had late last night was why were the starters in so long? And I know that's so nitpicky. But, man, Phoenix threw in the towel with like seven minutes left. Get your guys off the floor. If someone would have rolled an ankle, I was so nervous in the fourth quarter because I was like, this is the would be the worst thing ever. If someone rolls an ankle, someone comes down on a foot, you know, I, I just did not understand why he had them out there till two minutes left. And I, I thought that was insane. Um, so I'm going to say stock even, but only because I didn't necessarily understand why they stuck with the gimmick double so much in game four. Game three, I get it because Booker was going crazy. Um, and then just I was just nervous. I think that's why I didn't want anyone to get hurt. But he was he was masterful in the first two games. And I really thought that they were going to dip into the rotation a little bit more. So. I'm gonna say even. They they didn't end up dipping into the rotation, and I honestly I don't think it was a bad thing. Yeah. I think that you've got we we kind of knew this going into the playoffs, right? Like you've got six guys that you really trust. You've got the starters, and you've got Bruce Brown. Beyond that, whether it's Jeff Green or Christian Brown, like those are the guys that they've settled on as the the versatile pieces where you can have as much lineup flexibility as possible. Uh, and I think that that's the right call because there's just. Like, do you really trust Peyton Watson in that situation? Do you really trust Zeke Naji in that situation? Maybe, maybe they'll eventually get to that. But fortunately, knock on wood, they have not had to deal with injuries up until this point, and and they've been mostly good. So, I think in general, you you just don't want to go away from what's working, and and Denver's been working, and and on a lot of these different things, and it's hard to really complain about a lot of the rotations and things like that when when you're just kicking other teams' ass. Like, that's it's hard to – sometimes it's hard to win on the road, especially in the playoffs. And the fact that they they now have two wins on the road, and, like, especially for the home team, if you're the team that has home court in each of these series, you don't even have to get one. It makes it easier to get one, but you don't have to. And, and Denver's gotten one in each of their series so far. So Let credit for them for doing it. Oh, no. As a person, I would love to play for a guy like that. Holy mm-hmm. cow, man! He's all the all the passion in the world for the team. The dude just—I mean, he, his voice is gone every. I know he's sick, but even when it's not, I mean, and he stands up for Denver. He is not a native, but he is—he has embraced the city. Um, he loves the team. He loves the fans. I think I, I mentioned to a story I heard from somebody that said that they were out having drinks or dinner or something one night a couple of years ago in an off season, and. Um, when they went to pay, they said, oh, that guy over there picked up your tab. And they looked over, and it was Michael Malone, and he was walking out just because the guys were wearing Nugget shirts. So wow. I love that about him. And I, I, I just love his – I love how honest he is. He's, he's just in your face about everything. He's transparent, and I think he's always the same. And so that much I respect about him. So I can see why he's a player's coach. And that's not even us being in the locker room for critical things. Yeah, there's – I mean, how much drama have the Nuggets had under his tenure? Like – how much like a little a little bit with Farid at the end and a little bit with Nurkic. Nurkic, 
maybe a little bones, but that wasn't even drama. Like they they cut that they cut that out as soon as they they saw something festering. And there's been stuff behind the scenes that I'm not, I'm not going to get into, but like Denver they cut that at the source because nobody wants to deal with that. Malone doesn't want to deal with it. And he does a great job of creating a culture that avoids it. Uh, I and, think, and I think oh, and Bull Bull is, is another one that like could probably avoid. But here's like here's a success story. Michael Porter Jr. got the bot in. You just said he was stock up on defense. Like, what are yeah, we isn't doing? that crazy? That's crazy. <laughs> the cool thing about Michael Malone and Mike is Michael said that. I mean, he was not going to budge off of that. And Porter respected him enough, clearly. And obviously, we're not by the scenes. We don't know. But it seems like MPJ respects Michael Malone enough to, you know what? I'm going to buy in. I'm going to play defense because I know I can score whenever I want to. I'm going to be the third option on this team. And, I'm not, and he's been so mature this year. And I think a huge part of that is Michael Malone. 100%. No, it's been it's been fantastic to see. And then, and he deserves so much credit. I want a championship for the Nuggets as much for Michael Malone as for anybody else. Like just what he's had to deal with over the course of his eight years and, and just being the guy every step of the way. It's cool to be able to have somebody that, that you can associate with during that time. And Malone, Jokic, Murray – like those are the three that I really associate with this era of Nuggets basketball, and and that's uh, that's a really cool place to be. So hopefully we get to talk about that a little bit more. But I think that's gonna do it, man. I think we I think we should cut it there. Uh, had plenty of chat, have plenty of time to talk. We've got a lot of time to discuss this, and, and we're gonna have some other preview content come out before the Western Conference Finals for sure. Uh, but. Any lasting thoughts on, on this podcast before we get out of here? Oh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be it's going to be a battle, but I think I think it's going to be the same thing. I think people are going to underestimate the Nuggets again. I think there a lot of people are going to pick the Lakers in six and seven. And I just, as unbiased as possible, I just I don't see how the Lakers can beat the Nuggets in a seven game series. It's going to be fascinating. I. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like I know what's going to happen, but I don't know it. And the fact that you have that inkling of doubt, it's it's everything's going to go bananas in game one. Like that's going to be a crazy environment. Lakers fans are going to flood that building. Nuggets fans, you got to come out. You got to support. You got to make sure to to keep home court in this series because that would be that would be the worst thing. It's it's been Denver's saving grace throughout these playoffs is that they've been undefeated at home because the crowds have been so great. So hopefully that can continue, but we will see. Michael, can you get that outro music for me? Everybody, that is going to do it. Is it going to do it? There it is. There it is. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends at Superbook Sports. He is Michael Ferrero. Make sure to go give him a follow at mferrero23. Is that correct? I got it. I got it. We, uh, Michael's awesome. He does great content work over here for us at MHS, and he's been my producer every step of the way on the podcast side. Really appreciate him. Really appreciate all he gives to this. And I'm so happy. We got a bump and chat here for this entire podcast. And now it's midnight. At the midnight hour for this pickaxe and roll, we are excited to be able to sign off. Nuggets fans? going to be a long ride still buckle up we're going to have plenty of fun thank you so much for tuning in we'll talk to you guys very soon